0: Welcome to Last One to the Party, the podcast where we take a look at classic films, TV shows, songs, albums, and even performers as seen through the eyes of someone who's completely missed that until just now. Thanks for joining us again to Last One to the Party. In this episode, we are going to take a look at Godfather 1, 2, and 3. We're joined by my friend Von Dexter Montague II. A few years back, he relocated from Washington, D.C. to L.A. to pursue acting, writing, directing, or just general storytelling, as he likes to think of it. And uh, I've known Von for a few years now, and this is his first time seeing each of the Godfather movies. And uh, we have a really good conversation about all of them. He has a, an interesting ranking of the three and also a very kind and generous feeling about the third one that... Uh, I think a lot of us old fogies complain about. So let's go find out what he thinks about the Godfather trilogy.
1: Did you watch them all three straight through or you just got through them in relatively short order? Like, so my roommates and I are doing like movie nights. And we, after we finished uh, the Marvel, like cinematic universe, we were like, okay, what's next? And my one roommate was like, oh, we're doing Godfather. We're going to do all three. So we did one a night. Because some Marvel movies we could like squeeze two in. These we had to like, you sit with the one and then you yeah. go on about your night.
0: What was your level of exposure to any of those Godfather movies before
1: you saw them? How much did you know about them? Okay, my aunt, um, my whole family has seen and loved Godfather since forever. And I was one of, and I feel like maybe my younger cousin as well. He's a year younger than me. We were like the two that just like had not been a part of that experience, <laughs> like. Um, so, but everybody like would talk about Godfather and like make references to the films. My one aunt actually always, like, every holiday at some point says, "Never go against the family," and I, that was a thing I knew, but I had no reference for what right. that meant. Did anybody at any point
0: uh, say, "Leave the gun, take the cannoli"? <laughs> No, actually, <laughs> and nobody ever gave anybody else in the family a big kiss on the mouth and said it was you, Fredo, all along. I knew it was you. Okay, good. The level of health, health and functionality in your family is good, then. Yes. Okay, good. So you knew mostly about this movie, and this is the kind of thing which I think is think is oftentimes consistent that parents will will talk about a movie that's maybe more. Kind of connected, even if it's not as directly connected, and then that's how kids end up seeing these movies, and they sort of maintain their classic status. That seems. Although so, with my yeah. family,
1: I feel like as well, it would have come up with music a lot, especially in the '90s. Like a song would come on the radio, we're hearing the instrumental, and I'm like, "Oh, I know this song," and then my mom's like, "Oh, I know this song," and one of us is right, but not both, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because sampling is essential in hip hop. Or a song would come on, and she would go boy, you'll know nothing about this. After, I forget how many years, I w- i mean, I was like probably 16 or 17. I finally like threw my hands up and I was like, hey, whose fault is that? Like, why don't I know this? And I can't do a deep dive. It's not like we don't have streaming as like prevalent as it, like now right. compared right. to back back then. Yeah. My wife has a similar
0: thing where she will know these different songs solely from a movie drop. Some drop in Jackie Brown. I'm like, you don't know, Funkadelic. So her inroad to all of these things is just very pointillistic almost. It was Mm -hmm. used in this movie. That was used in this movie. That was used. You can't expect everybody to know everything about everything that happened. It becomes too much. Like at a certain point, it's like that joke about the kids make about history. There's just, there's more of it now to learn than when you were a kid, dad. And it's like, (laughs) there's some truth to that. Right. So. It's kind of obvious, like the quarantine has given all of us a lot more free time for things. Yeah, now's a great silver (laughs) lining. Yeah, why do you think you never got to it before now?
1: It's two different things. So my teenage years, when I acted kind of like in high school plays, but like never took it seriously. That point of time until like college, probably like my sophomore year, it was. I was a very like. I would not do things just to be able to say I didn't do it. Like, just for the shock and awe of, like, being in a circle and being like, I've never, in this case, seen Godfather. And people are like, hey, why, oh my gosh, you gotta see it. But once I hit college, especially sophomore year, and I started to get into acting, ironically enough, I was so obsessed with catching up and doing the work and being involved in everything. I didn't have time. I mean, the mid-2000s is just... A, a major gap that I've been trying to fill in and piece back together. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was so focused on my own work and trying to like be a good actor and be a diligent student and all that and uh, work towards the craft, uh, whatever that means, that I just like never had time. Well, we'll sort of take them one at a time, I guess. So what what was your impression of Godfather
0: One? How would you describe the tone of it, the plot of it, whatever whatever like hit you the most about it, describe that
1: for me. It It was, I think the first film, if not the first film in a long time that I've seen, that was like, this is a markedly different era of Hollywood. Like, there's different stuff happening here. I remember the, uh, because, you know, it opens at the wedding. I just remember being so wrapped up and thinking, like, I don't know if any of these people are extras in the same way that we think about extras today. Like, even from the beginning, these just feel like, straight up italian people just like having a blast and coppola was like in action like just like roll it i don't know that i've watched i've seen clips i don't know that i've ever watched brando like for an extended period of time like that um aside from i've seen a good bit of on the waterfront this is very different and also it's like a lot slower everything felt almost like molasses, but intentional. I appreciated that. What it allowed me to do was slow down for myself. And I've, I noticed like, as I personally take in content, I'm just looking for the big stuff. and, like, okay, what, what's here, what's there? And it feels like everything, everything in a shot nowadays is to serve the one thing that they want you to know. Here, I felt like a rich, rich painting and most of it is so deep and detailed and you got to catch it all but they're giving you the time to do that. Honestly, I didn't I didn't get into that groove until sec- halfway through Godfather 2. But I did notice I noticed the pace in one, but I didn't recognize how I could use that to my advantage until the second.
0: What if anything do you did you notice or what stood out to you maybe of just watching, like these are now legendary actors in this movie. Mm -hmm. Brando, obviously, Pacino, obviously. I don't know if you know this little trivia point about John Cazale, who plays Fredo. He died young, he died of lung cancer. And of the five movies he made, each one of them was nominated for best picture. (laughs) So he just, he's got that. And you know, James Caan is in, there's like a lot of legendary Mm -hmm. sort of people. So. Did any of that
1: stand out to you? What did you observe about it? Did anything about it stand out? It did. I, again, because of just my frame of reference, I noticed masculinity being portrayed in a way I haven't seen maybe ever, honestly, in that I have my own, I mean, every person does have their own relationship with like masculinity and that idea and what that means. But to see, To see Vito and see how he carried his family and the the real love that he had for his family and see how just how that played out and how there was never a need to forcefully command respect or be ruthless or aggressive or wild. There was never I never felt like he was hyper masculine or a super alpha male as you might see more commonly nowadays. Right. And that was very, very refreshing. Even even Michael, I, I didn't feel, I felt like it was very calculated for sure, but their how they carried themselves and their portrayal of masculinity was very refreshing. I first saw this movie, I was relatively
0: young. We had it on videotape. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've was, heard of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I remember being struck by the real delineations between Sonny, michael and fredo and it seemed very much like goldilocks on three bears you know too too cold too hot just right yeah yeah and and for me personally i I watched it and even as a 12 year old i watched it i was like uh i'm more of a Sonny, but i really need to be more of a michael (laughs) because like i would have a temper and i'd be like oh and Sonny ends up dead shot on the causeway so you gotta you got to avoid that. You gotta be the bring out the Michael, but don't go too far and become of <laughs> To a certain extent, that's still how I measure my responses to stressful situations. Like, ah oh, yeah, yeah. You you really sunnied that one up and you really needed to Michael it more. <laughs> oh, you Fredo'd that one all day. Come on, get a little more get a little more sunny going.
1: But I also love and this is something me my roommate talked about after seeing it. I loved that they are all a part veto, and that he, he has all of that in him and it reminded me of a conversation I had with my father because um, I'm also one of three boys uh, incidentally enough <laughs> but he was sharing just updates on how my brothers were doing because we all have different moms so we all kind of have separate lives essentially and he was sharing how he knows that myself and my younger brother very much have his compassion uh, but our oldest brother has his passion and has the um, the ego, I would say, uh, and how he like it worried him. I have been told by my mom at certain uh, in certain instances. I have said I've responded in similar ways to my father to situations. I've also said the exact same thing he said. This man never raised me.
0: Let's move to Godfather Two. Mm-hmm. How much did you know about Godfather Two before seeing that? More or less than Godfather One, or sort of um, general?
1: After seeing the first one, I I actually text my aunt. She, is, she just loves these films, and I was like, "Hey, um, finally watching Godfather." She responded and was like, "Greatest movies of all time." And she gave me her personal like r- ranking of the three, even though I guess from my message, she thought I saw all three and was like giving me that stance. One's here, super high bar. Two was like even better. And three was like way, way down. And then she responds and says, one and three were great. And two was good. Two is just, it bounces back and forth a lot. This kind of happily undoes whatever <laughs> expectation I have for this film because I don't, know what to do with this how did that match up with your experience of watching it i found myself actually leaning more towards her like with her ranking of it like i didn't enjoy it as much the the parallel storytelling i felt like especially speaking of different hollywoods i felt like oh these are two different movies that both need to come out so you get people to come to the box office more but i'm to like watch them at the same time. It almost felt like a fan smash cut of like, this is how these two things are fitting together. It felt very labored. I remember like feeling fatigue in two. Most people rate two
0: higher than than one and certainly higher than three. I rewatched it a couple of years ago and I thought, oh, I sort of felt like it it was like The Emperor Has No Clothes because I thought I was keeping track of the Michael story much more clearly than I had before. I really would get enamored of the Vito story and De Niro as young Vito. I mean like that performance, that depiction of Vito as the coolest under pressure, mm-hmm. guy who knows like that's the kind of thing is like, oh you know, like I want to be that. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I want to shoot Don Fanucci in a hallway, but like that he <laughs> knew to like unscrew the light bulb and all of those, wrap a towel around and, like all of that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I was like, oh he's so smart. I love that. But in following the Michael half of the story, it struck me as this doesn't make as much narrative sense as the first one just as a whole does. And so it needs to bounce back to the veto story to sort of cover up some of those weaknesses. I, I sense i am kind of taking a look at it again and I kind of don't mind it as much because I feel like it's really, it's really just a continuation of the Michael losing his soul. We first meet Michael, and he is a World War II war hero, a decorated Marine, Yep. and then just goes down and down and down until he's murdering his own brother. And that's really the purpose of two. And that's why I think it's darker. So we take that to mean that it's more serious. We take that to mean that it's more important that it is yeah. Or
1: better. Yeah, not all of that train correlates. Right. Like all, those, all those cars aren't hooked did anything in
0: that movie jump out to you and be like oh that was an amazing scene or that performance was fantastic or anything like that
1: i felt overall more comfortable to laugh um i felt like it, there was more humor in it especially with um as we see vito's rise and he's talking to the woman who's about to be evicted because of the dog um, and then he goes to the landlord and that whole, like, going in, I, I had the question, like, why should any of this matter? I I'm a, I guess I'm to assume everybody should know who he is. And then I see, like, even, like, through the, the course of that scene, even the, the subsequent scene is like, oh, he did it. But now he does. And he really knows who he is. <laughs> yeah. I also noticed these are, like, super minor things. And I almost feel like a bad movie watcher for noticing this. The most ridiculous deaths. It's like people hold on to life until they don't. Even, I mean, like think about Don Don Finucci. He dies, he gets shot like in the face and he's like holding on to like the, the sides of the walls and then yeah. just drops. This guy got shot and like went from straight up vertical to horizontal and, and then fell. It was it's like super bizarre. I was like again, these performances as they continue on to portray these people. Anything so, as an
0: actor that you thought like, oh, that's really like,
1: I had like- the same experience um, I had as a kid watching, um, good. Well, not as a kid watching Goodfellas. So my first introduction to Joe Pesci was Home Alone. Years later, I found out much earlier than that he had done, you know, films like Goodfellas, <laughs> Stone Cold Killer, and to like have that kind of like restructuring in my brain was insane. And I had a similar thing. Not that I ever, I've always known De Niro and Pacino to be like tremendous actors, but specifically to like see them kind of at the, you know, the start of all of that was very, very impactful. I felt like you guys are, are killing it. And, but also figuring it out, but there's a sense of daring here in your performances that, I feel like, not that they phone it in now, maybe it's just all rote at this point. It was really good to see like the the hunger. You're
0: seeing those guys when they're still on the upswing. And before, you know, I think probably De Niro just got, I would presume, I don't know, obviously, but he probably got tired of like, I don't want to play this heavy thing. Like, let me do Meet the Fockers. I want to do comedy, you know? And then he's like, oh, this is easy and it's fun. Let's do three of them. (laughs) I don't need to prove anything. I'm 68 years old. I'm going to do what I want, you know? And so he does these caricature parts almost. And Pacino, I don't know. I mean, I think, I wonder if it's again, a kind of boredom where he's just like, I'm not satisfied to just do this kind of focused performance. I need to have a little fun with it. I need to add some flirt. And you kind of see it start in Glengarry Glen Ross, and then it gets a little heightened with Scent of a Woman, and then it's just out of control after that, where it's just like, (laughs) oh! Eh, well, you're just like okay. <laughs> um, Godfather that's 3 my experience when I watched Godfather 3 was just extreme disappointment that as, as it turns out it was a contract negotiation thing that kept Duvall out of reprising his role as Tom Hagen and that's why George Hamilton was in there uh, who was supposed to play the Sofia Coppola part I, I'm just blanking on her name she didn't have it originally? no it was um, oh. Winona Ryder. I believe it was Winona Ryder who was supposed to do it. But poor Sofia Coppola, like, has there ever been a clear indication of somebody who just doesn't understand that you actually have to do something to act? You
1: can't just, like... I think in her defense. Yeah, let me have it,
0: please. I want, I want you to defend this movie at this point.
1: I feel like a lot of what she had seen up until that point, I mean, knowing... At that point, she's you know wise enough to recognize and understand the context and what's been going on. She was, I read, she was actually in the, the first two as well as like. She's extras. in the
0: baptism. She's the baby being baptized in the first one.
1: Yeah, her understanding of it, just watching it, is that it's, it, it's effortless and it, requ- it requires no work. You just say and you do. What she didn't keep was that that fire underneath all of it that. All of these guys had however how old was she when she did that 18 or something something like that i think yeah if that's her understanding of just like oh i'm gonna do what i see happening over there and i'm just gonna say say the words and that that's enough because that's what brando did and that's what (laughs) that's what pacino did and that's what de niro did and that's what you know all these great guys that's they just they said the words and that was enough yeah
0: it's not fair to judge her by the same measuring stick that you judge those other guys by. But it's also funny that if that were her take on it,
1: like how <laughs> misguided and simplified that, that take would be. Like, <laughs> it's like, build a house. Okay, I know there's four walls and a roof. Just do that. What are we, we have to build before we yeah. build. The
0: things that I recall from Godfather 3, and I don't think I've seen it since it first Came out in the theaters was <laughs> Sofia Coppola was tough to to get through, and um, I was really bothered by Pacino's hair because he's mm-hmm. a mafia don in the '70s, and all those guys had the blow dry, John Gotti, you know, sprayed in place pompadour, and he had this weird spiky '90s haircut. They all did.
1: Everybody yeah. looked '90s.
0: That's not right. Even That's not...
1: wardrobe was '90s. Yeah.
0: <laughs> None of this is period correct, and then his death at the end, I thought was just comical. How Mm -hmm. he just falls out of the chair was just like, why would you keep that? That looks like something out of a sketch show. (laughs) Just, you know, our friend Craig was, was texting when, when I was talking about it. And he was saying there's a lot of good stuff in there. Andy Garcia is great. And, and, you know, Yes,
1: that is the biggest takeaway and the biggest win I think of the film is his, his performance.
0: So what was your overall feeling after seeing the
1: first two and then watching the third one? I was more forgiving going in for a couple of reasons. One, I, as we were watching them all, we're seeing the year they came out as well. Mm-hmm. So I was able to recognize, okay, one and two came out pretty close to each other. So that narrative is gonna be a little bit tighter. This one's happening 16 years later, 16 yeah. years after two. There's bound to be stuff that's a little looser, that's not as consistent, and that's on top of already going in knowing that just uh, culturally or generally people didn't appreciate it as much or didn't like it as much. So I went and going, okay, I'm not going to expect what I was expecting in the first two. We're just going to go on, go in for this experience, and it even, I mean, from jump it was a different feel because cinema it just looked different as well. I kind of went in thinking, yeah, I'm just gonna go in kind of blank slate, or not even blank slate, just be super forgiving. And I was confused in the beginning because because of the exchange between uh, Mary and uh, Vinnie where she like basically says like, oh, like I've seen you at other things and like other family things. I was like, wait, relatives? So openly? and then it just kept going. I thought it was a joke and it, it wasn't. And I, I think that's that's the part that I hated the most is that that'll happen to me in films where I see something and I go, oh, this is a dream sequence. They're gonna like cut back soon, and then they never do. <laughs> and you just kind of have to sit with and then try to catch up with everything that had happened. It's very po- possible and very, if not very likely that Godfather Three also
0: suffers from being a victim of its own predecessors. Those movies had such an impact that they influenced other gangster movies and other movies about mafia stuff for 16 years. And now this movie is having to come in and not only continue that narrative, but like surpass these things that have been influenced by it. And you can't just Mm -hmm. simply Maintain the thing that was on because people have moved it forward, so that's another challenge. Yeah, I think also Godfather Three came out the same year as Goodfellas. They Yikes. both came out in nineteen ninety. Would you recommend these movies to someone who hadn't seen them, and 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 or what would you say about these movies to someone who hadn't seen them?
1: So another thing I forgot to mention going into Godfather Three, a lot of people told me when I talked about having never seen any of the trilogy they said oh you mean the two movies people just weren't regarding it and if people did acknowledge it they would say just straight up don't see it yeah. and i don't know that i would say the same um i would i mean obviously all it always depends on the person uh like if it's just a random friend i'd say yeah for sure check him out tell me how you feel about him but if there's like an acting friend who i know or like a film buff who uh or um aspiring film buff who is going to be looking for those things in those notes. I think it's worth it just to get a a better understanding and to see, it's like a time capsule of how Hollywood and how acting was approached in the past versus how we approach it now. And not that either is better, it's just different. Is there
0: or are there movies that are more recent that occupy a similar place
1: culturally that you feel like likely I haven't seen that I should see? Ooh. So remember, I had that gap of time where I didn't know what TV Orphan was. If we had to, you don't have to disclose your exact
0: age, but are you of the demographic 25 to 35? Yes. So you're, you're heading into that age where you're going to have these movies and you're going to meet somebody who is 10 years younger than you and they're going to be like, what? You're like, like, have you not seen? <laughs> you're going to be that, it's inescapable. So yeah. what, what is that movie that you, th- that you feel becoming that thing? of Like, how have you not seen XYZ?
1: Juice. Juice is uh, Omar Epps and Tupac.
0: Has this sparked an interest in other movies from that time period? Like, have you?
1: So I was thinking like, what, is the, what would the godfather of our time be? Like, do, do we have it? If not, like what, what would that look like? And I started like, I'm going through the motions in my head and like, okay, of film about these gangsters and just their relationships with one another and family and everything. And I, the, other, the big thing I felt about it is that Godfather, the Godfather trilogy is dense. It is very dense. Um, so I would want more time to spend with it. So like, I was thinking, oh, like a series would probably be better if only there was a series about gangsters in like New Yorkish area, like tri-state area. Um, And then I realized The Sopranos was completely a thing, Um, which my aunt was also obsessed with. I don't know that we need another pass at it. I think these things are fine to exist as they are. Um, I don't know that Sopranos necessarily needs an update for that to exist for future generations. Um, I do think that that is the, the best update and the best option, evolution, I actually want to say, best evolution of did, the Godfather trilogy.
0: Did this spark an interest in wanting to investigate and explore other Coppola movies, other Pacino movies, other Brando movies, other Robert Duvall movies, on and on and on, any of those?
1: This made me overall way more interested in De Niro's earlier stuff which I mostly haven't seen, and Andy Garcia. The two of them, I think, were, and everybody is amazing. Like, I I loved everyone's performance. Those two guys in particular, there's just a certain hunger there. And I just, I love their approach. The the biggest thing, because this happens often, there's a lot of stuff I just haven't seen. I mean, this is the nature of why you're even going on this endeavor. The other thing, because I mentioned uh, what we were briefly talking about earlier, that Game of Thrones kind of prepped me for Godfather Three. Going through that journey with Game of Thrones over the almost decade we did. I was I also in a similar fashion went from having something that was very tight and very good that over time got looser and I had to be more forgiving. Like was the Game of Thrones finale as good as we all hoped? No. We got what they gave us. But that also was the product of several other factors that were outside of the actual work of art that we're watching. People just need to be kinder (laughs) and more forgiving. Like was Godfather three the first two? No, was it absolute garbage like everybody is saying? Also no. Like especially like or maybe I'm just in a space now where I like context matters and I'm just like I get it. 15 years later 16 years later different like factors coming in and the pressure to do the thing you felt like you had already done it's gonna come out not as well done and that's okay the scene where the dude stabs the guy with his eyeglasses is amazing cinematic gold A
0: very big thank you to Von Dexter Montague II for joining us on this episode of Last One to the Party. If you want to follow Von online, you can find him at Von Dexterm on Twitter and Instagram. That's at V-O-N-D-E-X-T-E-R-M on Twitter and also Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter just by searching Last One to the Party. You can find us on Instagram at Podcast. And if you'd like to, you can send us an email at lastone to the party podcast at gmail.com. The show was produced and edited by me, James Eason. And the intro music was composed by me, James Eason. Thanks once again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.